This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix, your site for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Monica Castillo. Hello, Andrew. Hey, Monica. Played any baseball lately? Does it look like I've ever played baseball a day in my life? I don't know. You're Latina, right? Isn't that what you do? Yeah, if you're, you know, a boy and six foot something. I have a couple things going against me. <laughs> and that asthma thing doesn't help. <laughs> I, I for totally forgot you have asthma. Surprise! Okay. This is part two of episode number 45 of Cinema Fix, focused on the movie 42. So if you're looking for part one, go away. We don't want you here. You're listening to the wrong file. Uh, this, if this is your first time listening to Cinema Fix, basically this is the show on Film Geek Radio devoted to discussion of mainstream blockbuster films. And each week we release an episode in two parts. The first part is a general spoiler-free discussion, and the second part, which you're listening to right now, is the more in-depth analysis of the movie, complete with spoilers. And it's designed to be listened to after you've heard part one, or at least after you've seen the film. We are privileged to be joined by a special guest today. Uh, you may know him from the Geek Scholars Movie News Podcast. Fox Trollo, how you doing? We're happy to be on the show. Troilo, Trollo. I'm, I'm never going to be able to get your name right. That's why we don't say it. It all makes sense now. It's not really a no. It's, only, it's actual. It's my middle name. It's like a real name. It's just you know. You're just like people can't pronounce this, so I'm not even going to bother. Right. So I go with Fox. It's one syllable. It's easy to say. <laughs> okay. Again, this is part two. So if you don't want to be spoiled, stop listening now and go check out part one of our episode on 42. I'm not going to bother uh, repeating what the, the plot is about. Basically, it's about Jackie Robinson and how awesome he was. Here's a clip. They can say all they want. We're just here to play ball. It's just a bunch of crackpots still fighting the Civil War. Well, hell, we'd have won that son of a gun if the corn stalks would have held out. We just ran out of ammunition. Better look next time, Pee Wee. Ain't gonna be a next time, Jax. All we got's right here. Thank you, Jax. What are you thanking me for? I got family up there from Louisville. I need them to know. I need them to know who I am. Hey, number one. You playing ball or socializing? Playing ball, huh? Play ball. Playing ball. Maybe tomorrow we'll all wear 42. That way they won't tell us apart. All right, I'm looking forward to talking with you more about 42, Fox, because I know you really liked the film, and I really did not. Yep, let's have at it, sir. Uh, you said in part one that you felt like this film really helps you get a better understanding of who Jackie Robinson was mm -hmm. and, and what it was like for him. Here's what I knew going into 42. Okay. I knew uh, 
Jackie Robinson was the first African-American baseball player. I knew that he had probably encountered a lot of racism, and I knew that ultimately uh, he would be fondly remembered, and, and you know people would say that he's this great hero and model for role model of uh, civil rights. Um, that is all I got from Forty Two. The movie okay. did nothing to elaborate on that, in my opinion. That I, I walked away knowing pretty much exactly what I knew walking in, which wasn't a lot. So this is my this is my first counterpoint to that. Were you as aware of there are people who break color barriers, but were you aware of how great Jackie Robinson was? I mean, he was not he was better. I mean, he led the Dodgers to the pennant in his first season, named Rookie of the Year, led the league in hits. I mean, he wasn't he didn't just break the color barrier. He came into the league and then dominated it. And I feel like you got that from the movie in a, in a better way than I had seen in previous movies. I I will concede to a point. All right. I think I just assumed oh, if Jackie Robinson was the first African-American in baseball, he must have been pretty good. I did like how the movie showed kind of like what his style was, like how he was right. really good at stealing bases. And that was, yes, and, that was, and very that was cool. sort of his thing. I, I liked moments like that. I will, I, will, mm-hmm. I will give you that point. All right. Well, then I win. End of show, right? Isn't that it? Thanks for playing, everyone. No. <laughs> Do I yell goal yet? <laughs> Let me put it this way. The detail that Jackie Robinson was good at stealing bases, not enough for me to really latch onto this film or, or, you know. Well, that's what, I mean, to be fair, that's what he was, that's, that's one of the things he was known for. He did lead the league in hit. I mean, he was a power hitter. He was an all-around player. If you see in the movie, he played shortstop, yeah. second base, and first place, and kicked butt at all of them. That's not easy to do. And I think, you know, we forget in today's day and age because the game has changed so much how physical it used to be. We see him running into catchers and plowing into them without fear. And I liked seeing that, you know, completeness of how athletic Robinson was. Okay. That that's fair. Well, that's two for two. I'm gonna. Oh, I like this. We'll go all day, Sarah. I like this game. Monica, you were on the fence, right, Monica? Yeah, I was kind of like. Uh, I I do appreciate the fact that I guess they focus much more on the game than I guess other aspects. But and then same token, they they also added some more in his life. You know, you had to, you got to see the struggles that he went through, like going to town to town and when he wasn't welcome mm-hmm. and the sort of treatment that he got when his entire bus full of players would show up in a hotel and the manager would come out and say, not you guys. Right. Uh, but I also, another thing that I had read and I also noticed in the movie is that uh, Mrs. Robinson was also pretty badass too. And I love that actress. She was like, <laughs> she was her own like i don't know my eyes kept going to her <laughs> she was so well she commanded your attention yeah. every time she spoke she had like, a great she was a great balance of Jackie you, you're talking about nicole Bahari. yeah and it was great too because a lot of the times she's like look at me baby look at me baby and i'm like yeah why not <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> i like that sense of inspiration that was his center when yeah. he got when he was at his worst she was super you saw yeah but at the same time you know she had her own attitude, and I felt like she wasn't just the doting wife. Like, at one point, she gets out of the car, and 
turns to the journalist and asks him, oh, and where did the other baseball player's wife stay? You know, make sure she's on the equal footing. Like, she's not going to have none of this second treatment stuff. I love her. (laughs) I agree. Nicole Meharry was great. The the performances, I think, were definitely the the best part of the movie, I mean, at, at least for me. And I have to say, my favorite scene in the movie has got to be Alan Tudyk just shouting racial epithets just because I love Alan Tudyk. And he, he gives such a good performance. I was just thinking to myself, man, this he just needs to submit this as his audition tape for Django Unchained 2 or <laughs> well, something. Because- yeah, and Andrew, I read that he – I mean he put so much into it. He was rattled. In fact, one of the nights where he did that, where he went out – like one of the, the days where he had to film all those you know, completely awful racial slurs, he went out to dinner and he was just in such a foul mood. He was like sending his – you know, dinner back like three times and like <laughs> arguing with the waitress. And eventually it was like, I'm so sorry. It has nothing to do with you. I had a bad day. <laughs> I had to be a racist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you can, I, it's a great performance. And I, I think you, you said it there, Andrew. There are some phenomenal performances, even the, the second tier people. I, anyone else love, uh, John's C. McGinley as the announcer, yes. the red announcer? Yes. Yeah. I thought he was really funny, really charismatic. He added a nice, little you know levity to the whole thing here's the thing though the movie is filled with these obstacles that jackie robinson has to face because of his race Mm -hmm. and we all know that obviously just him playing made a difference like like that was the, the game changer sure there was nothing in the film aside from the relationship between him and his teammates that gave me the impression that he was having a dramatic effect on just the individuals in his life. I mean, but then you have the audience cheering for him at the end. That's a certain acceptance because if you have a player you don't want on your team, the home, the home fans let you know. Real but they're quick. cheering for him because he's a great baseball player. That's how it should be, though. I, agree, I, I mean, isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that the end goal to not measure him by the color of his skin, but how good of a baseball player he is? I mean, that's where Brent Ritchie starts, even though we learn more about his motivations. Yeah. I want to win games. I agree. All I'm saying is I did not feel like the full implications of the racial environment were explored. Really? I feel like things were painted in fairly broad strokes. I mean, you've got teammates, they don't like him, then they grow to accept him. You've got a whole bunch of redneck racists um, mm-hmm. that are against him, and that's pretty much it. So what do you wish... Okay, okay maybe this is where I'm unclear. I know this may, not have been histor- this may not have been historically accurate, but there's a scene in the film when he and Alan Tudyk's character... Uh, I think his name is Ben Chapman. Mm-hmm. Ben Chapman. Yeah. When they have to sort of do this little photo op and pretend to make up. Mm-hmm. Which did happen. So the photo op did right. happen, in case you're curious. Okay. I guess in the back of my mind, I was thinking to myself, okay, wouldn't it be interesting if Chapman really did somehow come to a greater understanding of, of Jack. But it's not what happened. I know it's not what happened. But but You can't save all the racists. I'm using that as an example. It it it, it didn't have to be it didn't have to be Ben Chapman. It could have been anyone. I was I was I was looking for anyone 
other than his teammates, just because his teammates, they have to accept him because he's on their team. <laughs> I was looking for, for anyone else to be impacted by him. Besides all of America? Besides, Monica, you said it, the whole crowd. Mm-hmm. Is that not enough for you? I wanted a, I wanted an individual change to happen in people. I feel like <laughs> man, the missionary in you is just coming out. Very specific Maybe. here. No, no, no. Okay, I'm just saying I feel like in most cases the the way people are when we first meet them in this movie is how they are at the end of the movie. There's very little character development and evolution for the, for the people in this movie. Well, you see, I think that's, and that's kind of the point I was making. I don't think this is a character movie. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't see this as a movie. I mean, it's about Jackie Robinson. He's the focal character and, and we have Branch Ricky. To me, I see it as a period piece about what happened when the color barrier was broken. This is not meant to be a, a character study because if it was, we would get a lot more about Jackie Robinson's life. We would get her, his, you know, history in the, in the service and then afterwards as an actor and a businessman and, and testifying before the U.S. Congress. We don't get that. It's just a, a snapshot into an event, not characters. That's my. That's how I walked. That's kind of what I don't like about the film. It's like I I know about the event. I know that this the, Jackie Robinson entering baseball was a big thing that happened and it was really important. Well, that's why it's called. That's why it's called Forty Two because it's about <laughs> that. That's what I'm saying. Like, not Jackie Robinson. I'm just saying. I mean, that's that's why I think they went that direction. But but again, I'm saying I already knew that going in. There was there was. This movie did nothing to really bring me into this event and to really make me view these people as individuals as opposed to just historical figures or icons. So am I correct in that you knew most of the historical events that happened around this? I mean, I didn't know Well, the- I mean, you said you learned nothing new about the events, so I'm just, just, I'm just saying it back to you. In terms of the overall arc... Jackie Robinson, uh, entering baseball, encountering racism, triumphing at the Where end. did you learn that? I knew that. that. Elementary school. No, I, no, I'm saying, okay. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Isn't this a good teaching point? Isn't it? I mean, we live in a, a society today where more and more we get our media not from reading books. I, I mean, that's where I think I learned, first read, heard about the story. I probably read it in a book. But now, I mean, unfortunately, we live more in a visual medium. Isn't this a good way to teach future generations this story? I suppose, but I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want my cinema to just be for children. Okay, so you weren't entertained. I was not really entertained. I as okay. an adult who already knew this event happened, I I did not come away feeling particularly informed or entertained. Monica, were you entertained? Oh man, <laughs> I'm gonna be that deciding vote, aren't I? Well, it's, I mean, it's a fair question. For a bit, I was when it was more of the actual, of like conversation and dialogue going on, and act, the actual struggle of dealing with out and out racism. That was much more interesting to me than when we got to the slow motion baseball. I, I I'm gonna tell you the two most interesting characters to me. Alan Tudyk. <laughs> okay. Other than Alan Tudyk, who's incredible. Okay. So the three most interesting characters in the film. Other than Alan Tudyk, these are two very, very small characters. One of them is this little kid who we later find out would grow up to be Ed Charles, I think is his name, Mm -hmm. who sees Jackie Robinson on the train and follows him. And runs along the train. Yeah. It's a a very poignant scene. Nice little scene. And 
I liked that scene because it was like, finally, I'm getting a sense of the, in, uh, I, I'm seeing a situation in which Jackie Robinson inspired a specific individual, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm getting a sense of the impact he had on individuals and on the African-American community. Uh-huh. I like that. Okay. The other character I really liked only has like one or two lines in the film, and it's this creepy white guy who walks up to him and scares mm-hmm. him. And oh his yeah, wife. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it, he says, "I just want you to know that I'm I support you and good luck." I liked that moment because it was like, okay, finally we're starting to get some layers here, and we're seeing that okay, not all of these white rednecks were completely racist and there were a lot of people that did support him. And I, I was just, I was like, finally, it's not just painted in these broad strokes. So can I ask, were you on then, I mean, to put it bluntly, were you uncomfortable with the way white people were portrayed in this movie? Um, no, because obviously there were a lot of racist (laughs) rednecks out there. I just felt, but, a, a but okay, lot. it's called the civil okay, war. But again, but again, I felt like there were, there was no nuance to it. I felt like the strokes were very broad. I felt like these weren't people. They were just caricatures of people. It was, oh, this person, racist redneck, racist redneck, racist redneck, racist redneck, and that's all they are. That's all. And Branch <laughs> Ricky. And that's right. all, right. And, and that's all they needed to be for the story. Can I ask you a question, Andrew? What did you think of the little boy in the hometown? I'm I'm gonna oh, forget. Ed, okay, thank you. Yeah, okay. There you go. Oh, I'm just uh, that's what I'm here yes, for. Yes, thank you for drawing my memory. That was also a moment where I was like, okay, finally something. This is, is a, the movie is actually trying to um, explore race in an interesting way. There's this. There's there is that moment where we see the racist crowd chanting and then we see a little kid yeah. impressionable, impressionable right. join in and we we get to see how those ideas spread from generation to generation that was a nice moment but again that's what three little small moments in in this right. movie that actually added some dimension to the to the subject yeah. Monica, I'm curious about, we were talking about characters you know this is a very male dominated oh, film yeah. and you mentioned Ray earlier but 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 how did you connect with the characters? Or didn't you, maybe? I did. A, a lot of them are almost stock characters. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't so much that I related to them, in a sense. Uh-huh. There was the nebbish nerd, uh, who was the assistant to Branch Ricky. Walter, yeah. And, uh, Chris, well, quick, uh, side too, Christopher Maloney's character was great. But he's, you know, the guy they need at the moment, and that's the guy they end up losing. Which they they got his, you know, of all the historical things they got correct, he didn't he didn't get fired because of adultery. He got fired because of yeah. gambling. gambling. Yeah. yeah, so that was that was an odd twist. I People don't know why you didn't believe that. that. <laughs> I, I I want to talk a little bit about the the structure of the film because I, I don't know how how you both felt, but I felt like the movie really started to drag, especially. Mm around the, the halfway point. It felt long. It did. Because that was a, something that a lot of people said. It was fat to be trimmed. I, I, I was trying to figure out why, and I realized that the movie has no goal. There is no end point. You know, with most 
sports movies, it's we have to win the championship. Mm -hmm. Or in Moneyball, it's we have to prove that our system works. In 42, what's the goal? The goal is to talk about the the color barrier. Right, but that's that's not a that's not a movie arc. That's you know that's we have to. It's a barrier. <laughs> he broke yes, it. Yes, he broke it in the first act of the film. Where are you going to go from? No, oh, no. You see, this is uh, this is where I, you and I disagree because I think I think him actually breaking it is that moment of acceptance where Pee Wee puts his arm around him in public. That is the break. It's not when he gets signed. Okay, so he wins over his teammates. And he brings them to a pennant! What more do you want? <laughs> the movie actually doesn't show that him taking them to a... Yes, well, it does. Okay. That's the last against Pittsburgh. They don't win the World yeah, Series, but he, show them he hits the, the home run. Yeah, they win the pennant. I, I don't know. I was just... I just... You know, they never come out and say, we're going to win the pennant, we're going to win the pennant. And I, I just felt like there was not a clearly established goal. It was like, okay, what is this? what is this movie leading us to is it leading us to acceptance by the mainstream public is it leading to the end of racism entirely i don't know what what you know what is the goal here so let me ask you a question why do so many people like this movie Whoa. then it's got an a plus from cinema score do you really want me to be honest <laughs> why well, ask the question i'm curious uh, because... So, well, yeah. No, I mean, I think it's a fair question. We're critics, right? I mean, it's, you know... This movie, in my opinion, is the type of biopic and exploration of racism that is safe and easily digestible for mainstream audiences. And why is, why is easily digestible bad? I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's boring. A lot of the time. And I'm saying it's, it's, it's predictable and it's nothing I haven't seen before. You know, as I mentioned in part one, I went to see this in a theater full of old white people and they all right. seemed to really enjoy the film and were laughing at Harrison Ford and, and everything he said and every, you know, every little beat worked for them. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, I'm, I'm glad they liked the film. But at the same time, I was thinking, can't this be more challenging? Can't this go a little deeper? I, 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 I wanted more from this. And okay, and you mentioned, you mentioned earlier, like, all the stuff Jackie Robinson did after baseball, which mm -hmm. I did not know about, which I immediately came home and went to Wikipedia and <laughs> read the basics about the story. And, As you yes, do, right? Yes, and read all about him. And I was like, Wow. That is stuff I did not know. I wish that had been the movie. You know, I, I wish... That's not this movie. That's not this movie. The movie is not the Jackson story. Exactly, because this is the safe, marketable Jackie Robinson biopic. It's not. It's not. I disagree with you. It's not a biopic of Jackie Robinson. It's not about Jackie Robinson. It's about him breaking the color barrier. Right. In baseball, which is... I don't know. I, I just felt like if you're going to make a movie about Jackie Robinson, this is the safe, easily digestible mainstream film that, that you could make. All right. I, I understand. It, it, it's about expectations, about what you think this film is supposed to be. And for me, I didn't go it's, into it's not what it was, not, not necessarily what it was supposed to be, but what it could have been. Well, that's different. Now you're trying to rewrite the movie, though. We only, can, only, can only judge what we came out. Here's, here's the thing, Fox. I did not like the film, 
Am I going to say it is a bad film? No. As I said up front, you know, yeah. it has good, strong performances. It's competently directed. As a movie, it is, it's fine. Okay. That's it fair. is just. You wish it, you, I, you were looking for more. I, I just, it, it, it's, it is boring, safe cinema. Can I ask a question? I want to, I want to switch the conversation a little bit. So you mentioned him earlier. What do we think about Harrison Ford as Branch Ricky? And I want to, Monica needs to talk here. So I would love, to, I would <laughs> love to hear what she thinks. <laughs> no, really. I would love to hear, did you like Harrison Ford in this role? It was originally intended for Robert Redford. Is Harrison Ford a better choice for this? You know, I, I think Harrison Ford is actually a more entertaining choice in the sense. Okay. Um, Robert Redford might have been the more serious choice, but if we're going to go hokey, might as well go all the way. So <laughs> <laughs> you thought he was hokey, so you don't think that's how Randricky actually was. Yes. Hokey is the perfect word. <laughs> yeah, it, like, at one point, he kind of like choose a word or something, and it almost feels like a character would like, you know, mime a Bugs Bunny like, "What's up, Doc?" You know, <laughs> wow, it's an impression. It's. <laughs> I agree with you, Monica. Harrison Ford was the, was the perfect choice for this film, and it's because, as you mentioned, the movie is hokey. <laughs> the movie is is playing in very broad strokes. You've got all these archetypes. It's fairly one dimensional. It's stuff that we've all seen before, and Harrison Ford just kind of comes in and chooses. The scenery is what he does <laughs> with this, uh, you know, one or two beat character that he's playing. And I, I, I liked him. I think he's the first person to have a line in the film and he, 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 he just has that growl. Yes. Well, he looks like he's having fun for a change, which I miss Harrison yes, Ford, who looks like he's enjoying his character. Yes. And I feel like he understood what this movie is. He understood that this is not a terribly dense presentation of its subject matter. It's just the sort of light, fluffy version, and he's here to play the growling, old, as you said, yeah, the the growling white mentor yeah. right. figure. So now here's my question to both of you: Is it enough to garner him a supporting actor Academy Award nomination? No. No. <laughs> now, wait, wait, wait. I did a follow-up. If, if this movie had been released in October, would it be enough for to, to get the nomination? No. Is it? No. Okay. All right. Really? <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman in The Master, I think, would probably still, like... We're, but that's last year. We're talking about this, this year. year, right? Well, we don't know what movies are coming out this year. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I'm just asking. Isn't this the kind of role though that usually get? I'm not saying a win. I'm saying a nomination. This is the kind of. Okay, let me put it this way: If he was to get a nomination, I feel like it would be Hollywood throwing this movie a bone. Oh, and and doesn't doesn't that happen? It I mean, haven't happen. we seen that? I mean, Harrison Ford does not have an Academy Award. Don't we think at some point it's going to happen? No. No? You <laughs> wait. I, I want to stay on this. So uh, Harrison wait, 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 Ford. Wait, wait, wait. I, I like Harrison Ford. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. Let me ask my question first. <laughs> okay. In your, you are saying that you believe Harrison Ford will never win an Academy Award for acting. Well, he's getting pretty old. Hey, hey, you know what? Peter O'Toole's been to that podium eight times, and they only just True. gave him the Lifetime Achievement Award. He's technically never won, and he's one like one of my favorite actors of all time. 
I can totally see Harrison Ford receiving a Lifetime Achievement Oscar. He has a Cecil B. DeMille. He has it from the Golden Globes. I'm not, I'm not, ta- I'm not talking about Lifetime Achievement Award. I, what I asked <laughs> you is, do you think he's going to win a legitimate Academy Award for acting in his lifetime? Not based on anything I've seen. That's what I'm asking! I'm not going to say never. It's oh, entirely but, possible. Oh, uh, well, of course. Anything's possible. Incredible anything's movie. possible. That's not what I'm asking you. Do I think it's likely? No. All right. That's, a, that's an interesting. I'm, I'm, that, that's what I was getting at. I wanted to hear what you think the, the probability was. I think Harrison Ford is a talented actor. Nobody's, uh, nobody would debate. No <laughs> geek would ever debate that. I do not think he is Oscar caliber. Ah, interesting. Monica, what do you think? I don't know. It Oscars do have a long memory. It it really could go either way. I don't know. Now, I want to say this. When Jonah Hill was nominated for your movie there, sir, Moneyball. Yeah, that was a surprise. That was a character. Oh, you don't... Oh, wait a second. You don't... You think that Jonah Hill was more of a character in Moneyball than he's doing an over-the-top branch Ricky in this. Yes. Okay, let me, let me put... Wow. Let me put it this Character way. Character versus cartoon. Jonah Hill didn't chew the scenery. It wasn't an over-the-top performance. It was a more subtle But who usually wins? Who usually wins these awards? Is the, think of Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive. He's chewing the scenery as a cop. When does a cop win an Academy Award nomination, let alone a win? When you're in a great movie like The Fugitive. Oh, we see. Well, this is where you and I disagree because I think Forty Two is a great movie. Oh, Samantha! <laughs> I mean, I really hope that Harrison Ford wows us in Ender's Game, but and and who knows? Maybe he will, and he'll win an Oscar. But he's I'm not, not going to win. Okay, I'll admit that he's not going to win an Oscar for Ender's Game. There's no or question. you know what, Anchorman Two. I would oh, love it. Okay, now we're just going. We're jump, totally jumping the shark. Maybe he'll play when he plays the Han Solo, like we all know he will in Episode Seven. Maybe that'll be it. No, Maybe. we all know this is his shot. This is if he's going to do it, it's going to be here, and he's not going to get it. All right, we'll see. It's a long way, man. Do you think he should receive an Oscar nomination? Yes, I do. Very clearly. Yes, I do. I've seen performances of Branch Rickey in the past. I've seen Branch Rickey in interviews. And this is one of the few times I've seen Harrison Ford is a recognizable actor. I look for performances where a few minutes into a movie, I forget who the actor is playing the role. It's like we all do with the best animated films. You don't hear the voice of the famous actor playing the role anymore. You see the character on the screen. For me, I got that from Harrison Ford playing Branch Rickey. I think he would have a shot at an Oscar nomination if the script was better, and if he had... But the some... script was based on actual transcripts. I mean, that's my problem here, sir. Like, you're you're basing it off actual dialogue that happened. You're like, oh, it's hokey. Again, it doesn't matter. It's hokey. It's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like man. it, though. I, I think I mean, I think you make a good argument. I think you make a solid point. I know I, I my heart is on my sleeve, and it's, you know, five times too large. So I understand that I'm the optimist. I am forever the optimist, and I like everything. So I get your point. Usually that's me. I don't mind a oh, little I can bit tell. of mentality in my movies. What I mind is over-sentimentality because it's safe, which is what I felt like this movie was trying to do. I get it. I, I, I do get it. And Monica made this point a couple times. It is. It's, it's, every, it's every sports movie you've ever seen. But is that really so bad? 
at this point? Yes. Uh. <laughs> We've seen a million sports movies. Give me another kind of sports movie. But what if this is the... There, yeah. There's a, an argument, I guess, if you wanted to take this seriously, like it's a serious sports movie. We don't... I just don't feel like you can with all the hokiness <laughs> in it. <laughs> right. Wow. Okay. I mean, but... but- if this is it the original mean hokey it's not story, entertaining because I, I do I did find some parts of it like pretty pretty fun, and the the audience I was in was clapping along with a couple scenes. So Mine too. It does what it does, and then that's it. It's I just think it's an unremarkable movie. It's not something that I'm going to be revisiting in the next couple months. But my think question is: Is it only unremarkable because you are comparing it to other sports movies? You see what I mean? It's unremarkable because it is not a three-dimensional Well, because you didn't see it in 3D like I did. I had the glasses and Jackie (laughs) Robbins, it was sliding right towards my face. (laughs) None of these characters have any depth. Oh, come on. (laughs) Maybe the real-life people did, and maybe because you have read a lot about Jackie Robinson and, 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 and you know a lot about these people. Maybe you're That's projecting true. that. To be fair, I do film. know a lot about these characters and maybe I'm filling in gaps that, and that's, that's an excellent point. We talk about this a lot when we talk about books being made in the movies and we talk about the people who've read the books who have not and, and those people kind of fill in their own gaps and, and what their backstory is and they, either consciously or subconsciously. And you're right. Maybe, maybe I know so much about J.K. Robinson that to me, this felt like a complete movie. I think you, you both raise an interesting point. As someone who maybe doesn't know as much about this story, this isn't, this feels hollow. And, I, and maybe there's a lot to be said about that. Maybe so. I mean, I mean, again, I don't, I don't begrudge anyone for liking the film. Well, good. I'm just saying in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always glad when people like things. I'm glad if you like something. I'm glad you go to the movies and you have a good time. Personally, I wish people were w- would like more challenging things. All right. I mean, I I, th- I mean, it's a it's it's cool to hear your guys's opinion. As I feel like, as, and I'm not I'm not trying to understate this, as people who don't know as much about the story, and I, and it says a lot. I mean, I think if you guys couldn't connect to the story as relatively new people to the overall narrative. Uh, to be fair, that says a lot about the movie. And again, I disagree that I was a newcomer. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I just mean because <laughs> I know three facts. Well, that's not that enough. Movie. You know what I mean? I mean, that's what I mean. I, <laughs> it's the only facts that this movie seems to really care about. But <laughs> did you know who? So you knew who Branch Rickey was. You've heard that name. I had not heard that name. But I knew that he, I knew that Jackie Robinson had a manager. Somebody had to sign him. Well, oh gosh, yeah. okay. <laughs> and chances were he was a white man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Is, is there anything else either of you would like to say before we move on? Can I ask a quick this? question? I would like to know when I, when I watch baseball movies, I'm always curious about the sound effects, the sound of the ball hitting the bat, the roar of the crowd, the, the, the sound of the cleat digging into the bags. Did you guys notice that, not notice that, like it, not like it? I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned, it might have been in part one, you mentioned about some of the violence uh-huh. um, of the sport. Yep, that's portrayed. I did, yep. Some of that I thought was effective. Okay. Like when he's charging the plate and stuff. Other times, I thought again, like they sort of backed off to stay safe. Like when, uh, like when Jackie Robinson gets spiked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it took me a while to figure out, like, what yeah, happened? Yeah, I agree. I thought that was a little understated, and I was surprised how understated that was. I mean, on the whole, I thought it was it was it was fine. Monica, I like I liked your response. I noticed. Shrug. <laughs> I mean, I would. It would be weird if there wasn't like the crack of the baseball bat in a baseball movie, <laughs> right? True. Like, you would notice it. It would not yes. be there if the audience wasn't like standing up and cheering. Wouldn't you notice that it was a little odd? I just meant. It, I think it's an opportunity. I think if you have this, you have a, a environment that lends itself to such great sound effects. You know, one would hope they would stand out. I mean, I, I maybe that's just me. If I was making a baseball movie, I would accentuate those things. I was just curious. Maybe I take it for granted because I just assume that since I've seen every, you know, every baseball movie I've seen so far has those elements to it, uh-huh. that to not have them would be like, uh, so you forgot the lens cap on the camera? Monica, can I, and I'm going to ask you this afterwards, Andrew, but I'm going to ask you first, Monica, what is your favorite baseball movie then? Uh... I'm going to take a guess, but I'm going to, you know... I'm you gonna, can take a wild guess. A I League of Their I Own? No, I don't really have one. Like, okay. it's okay. Sandlot wasn't really my thing. What's your favorite sports movie? <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, to be fair, it's a... I'm going to order the Apple Teeny while I'm at the bar. <laughs> I have the Bring It On. Of well, you said you've movie. seen so many, so I just assumed that there was one that stood out to you. Well, like, Pride of the Yankees I fell asleep in, so I don't know if that really counts. Uh, Andrew, I, what, what What about you? Do you have a favorite baseball movie and or sports movie? No, not really. I'm not, See, I'm not much – I'm not a sports person, and that's part of the reason my r- review of <laughs> Moneyball was a little yeah. bit mixed, just because it's, it, it, it's hard for me to – emotionally connect with movies okay, about sports well a lot i think of it's time. good to have that context though when you're giving your review but because i think a lot of people are like you and you know don't connect to sports as much but there are other people who really are diehard sports so i think it's good to have that context in terms of movies about sports let's see i don't i don't know i'd have to look at a list <laughs> okay, i know I did i've like seen goon. a lot but Wait, none of them I did yeah like i was gonna say you I, I, monica i'm right there with you goon was awesome so much fun but it doesn't it's not like, a sports movie though you're right it's a character movie yeah big fan with Patton oswalt does that count i'm gonna call i'm gonna call that a sports movie i don't even know that one. Oh, big fan oh yeah yeah it's a little creepy but very good <laughs> but if, if you're talking about like quote-unquote classic sports movies who doesn't like hoosiers oh well i'm in indiana as you so poignantly you know, mentioned <laughs> at the beginning of the show. Wrong town right. name, but yeah, I'm in Indiana. I'm a Hoosier, Indiana Hoosiers. The problem is, Hoosiers came out, what, 1980, 40, 50 years ago? 1985? Was it 80s or 70s? 80s. 80s. Was it 80s? I thought it was 70s. Okay. 80s. And here we are 30 years later, and we still have not broken out of the Hoosiers formula on the whole. So what? Isn't it fun? It's not fun? Does Cool Runnings count? <laughs> oh, of course cool it does. Runnings is a great movie. We either make a bobsled team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I just realized there, there's, there's something we totally forgot to talk about regarding 42. Which is? <laughs> Probably because it really doesn't matter within the context of the film. And that is the entire character of Wendell Smith. Oh. Played by Andre Holland. <laughs> which is a real per- who? He's supposed to explain everything. Whoa, 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 he actually existed, I might add. It's a real person. I understand. Okay, he existed. Yes. That could be an easily made-up character, which was not. Let me, let me, okay, let me ask you this, though. Okay. Fox. Yeah. <laughs> Aside from historical accuracy, 
<laughs> okay. If the character of Wendell Smith was cut from the film, would it matter? No, and I'll, I'll be, but but and, and it would not matter at all. And actually, this is if you want to ask me what my criticism of the movie is, is it's exactly that I thought there were way too many storylines that shouldn't have been in the movie at all, and that's one of them. My second one would be the whole manager storyline of the Dodgers. Like, yeah, it was. I I love Christopher Maloney. I thought he was great as the hard nosed. You know, let's get everyone in shape. But then, like, they hire another manager, the old guy, and I, then he's just gone. He becomes the manager of the Dodgers and does nothing. And so there was a lot of fat on this film, and I'm going to give you that one. And right. Wendell Smith is a part of that fat. I'm not calling you fat, whoever the actor was. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that you're, you're right in that there are, a lot, there are a lot of narratives here that probably could have been trimmed down. You know what? I got to say, when they, when they do the uh, – Pledge of Allegiance, the first time, it's really damn slow. Like everyone's on the sidelines and it, th- like that kind of thing. There, the editor needed to have a bigger head on this. Speaking of Wendell Smith, there's, there's this key scene when he picks up Jackie and they're driving along and they kind of have this little moment yeah. where Jackie admits that, yeah, you're my friend. And I don't like it relying on anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it just me or... Did, did anybody else get the feeling that there was some, like, major scene that was cut that happened right before no, that? No, I'm with you on that. There had to be a little bit more explanation for, like, it's suddenly, like, Jackie Robbins is just being a dick out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> like I got the impression that there was a, there must, that there was something important happened. Like, he had just had some major racial encounter or something, and here, he, here Wendell is picking him up after it. Yeah, because I agree. Anytime in the movie you're like, Jackie Robinson, you're being a bit of an ass. That's not where you want to go with the movie. <laughs> See, I didn't feel like he was an ass. I probably would have liked the movie more if he had been a little bit of an ass. Because it would have been like, wow, three dimensions to this person. It's not just, <laughs> I am the right upstanding Jackie Robinson. Oh, wait a Jackie second. So Robinson the whole breaking the no bat wrong. in the tunnel, you didn't like that? Him constantly like having to vent to his wife, that wasn't enough of a third dimension for you? No, that's your that's your typical... It, it's also called reality. Story like this. At some point, the hero... The hero has to have a breakdown and come really close to giving up and then decide not That's to. That's how it happened? Why? I mean, this is the thing. Aren't we sort of pushing towards this augmented reality then? No, I think Jackie Robinson, the actual person, was probably a lot more complex than this version that we're watching in the movie. I think that's what it is. I got a complex Robinson. That's what I got. That sounds like a new thing. I, I got a complex Robinson. It sounds like a sleet sh- Robinson street slang. complex. I got nothing beyond barrier breaker who has to all right. not fight back. That is the all right, that is all fair. he is in the film. Uh, okay, we, we, we need to move on. Let's wrap up this episode with a, a segment we like to do called Reboot This. This is the part of the show where we pitch either a sequel, a prequel, or a remake to the film that we have just discussed. It can be serious, it can be funny, just just make a pitch for what you think Hollywood should do next with this property, since everything now is being turned into a franchise and milked for all it's worth. <laughs> 42 to... Damn it, you stole my idea. <laughs> all right. Fox, you came into this movie already knowing a lot about Jackie Robinson and, and this whole story. I'm curious if you had unlimited money and and could make a prequel, sequel, or remake 
of this film, what would you choose and what would it be? I would go with the sequel. I would like to see more about Robinson's life as he took them and then won a World Series with the Dodgers. He then had a prolific life in business and in kind of politics. You know, he had some testimony he gave there and just how he saw his own legacy drawn out. So that's what I would like to see. I, I would go beyond and do a more of a latter biopic of Jackie Robinson. I don't have a name. Monica just stole it. 42-2. So this would be a direct <laughs> sequel with the same... Direct sequel, yeah. We, we would age up. We, we would we would age up uh, Chad Boswick and, and see, you know, have him get grow older and see his legacy unfold. Okay. Monica, if you had to make a prequel, sequel, or remake of 42, what would it be and, and uh, what would you choose? Remake 42 with director Steven Spielberg at the helm. Oh, boy. Because can you imagine all of that sentimentality ratcheted up to 11 with the cinematography of War Horse? No, War Horse? Did you just mention War Horse? That's Oscar. (laughs) That is Oscar. If Spielberg had directed this, I'd probably like it. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You You guys are going way off the rails. Spielberg can do sentimentality well. She just referenced War Horse. Oh, which I hate it because it basically okay, good. stole from Gone with the Wind. The, the whole red sky thing. And the horse says, I'll never go hungry again. Oh, um, God. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Um, War Horse was okay. I hated War Horse. No, that was <laughs> awful. But you wear your heart on your sleeve, Fox. How could you not love War Horse? Because <laughs> I'm, because my heart is human. It's not a horse heart. <laughs> good point. Good point. So, Monica, you would have Steven Spielberg remake it. And, I mean, would anything change other than that? No, because I think he would have improved on a lot of things. Like, say that little kid, you know, who chased after the train or whatever, that would have been some crazy He would have caught music. up to the train and pulled it down. <laughs> no, he would have He would have still had that same running or whatever, but he would have had the sun just right behind him with a little slight flare. And the <laughs> running the would have been the entire second act of the movie for one hour just running after the train. Tears <laughs> down his face. <laughs> The movie would end with Jackie Robinson going up to the little kid and just going, be good. Oh, God. And then going home. Oh. Really? All right. Well, I, I'm curious. <laughs> what would you do then, sir? What would I do? Okay. Well, as I mentioned, I immediately came home after the film and decided to go to Wikipedia to get some little bite-sized bits of information about Jackie Robinson. And here is the movie I would see. I guess you could call it a, a remake if you wanted, but... I would do a completely different film about Jackie Robinson, and it would be focused on the Jackie Robinson story, which is the film that he made in 1950. Which which the actual Jackie Robinson starred in. Yes, Yes. he starred in. I would make a movie about the making of that (laughs) film. Good call. That is fascinating to me. So, it, it, you know, it would be a movie both about Jackie Robinson, the baseball player, but also about the film industry and how the film industry approaches issues of race. And it would, it would be a film within a film. I think you make a compelling argument. I like that. Film critics would love it and be like, this is so meta. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And nobody would else great. would watch it. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> probably, Only artistic probably. snobs like ourselves would see it and appreciate it. it. It would come out and people would have no idea that it was about Jackie Robinson. <laughs> and it would make. 42, directed by. Terrence Malick. And it would make $42. Yeah. I'm about to say, yeah, it would make $42 at the box office. (laughs) 
Okay, I think that'll wrap it up for part two of our discussion of 42 here on Cinema Fix. Be sure to tune in next week when we will be discussing Oblivion, starring Tom Cruise, whose career has somehow not gone into Oblivion. I hope you have drums that you play after every time you say Oblivion. Dum, dum, dum. Every time you say Oblivion. (laughs) I hope you add that back in. Oblivion. Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) Or or like the, uh, the Inception horn yeah foghorn (laughs) (laughs) we would love to get your feedback on the show you can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com you can subscribe to the show through itunes so if you like this episode please write us a review that would really help us get the word out about the show you can also donate to us through the website we really appreciate your help and don't forget to check out other great shows on film geek radio including the thin place Fox, thank you so much for uh, joining us today on the program. It's been great having you on. Uh, thank you guys so much. And I, I really want to thank both Andrew and Monica for having me on. Cinema Fix is one of the best movie podcasts out there. I hope you're all listening and subscribing if you haven't done so already. It's one of the best times I've had as a host. So thank you so much for having me on. Aw, you're too kind. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been great talking with you and disagreeing with you. Oh, no, you. that's the best part. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't have fun talking about movies What's the point? My favorite part about seeing a film is discussing it with other like-minded peers. So that's the yeah. best. So I really enjoy this. It was a lot of fun. The movie is two hours. You talk about it for four. Right. Exactly. That's <laughs> the best part. I mean, it, it, movies are social social medium in, my, in this day and age. So I really appreciate you guys inviting me on and having so much fun uh, talking about it with you. Yes, I, I apologize if I came across as a bit too snobby or condescending. No, it was fun, Sarah. I enjoyed it. It was it was excellent. I loved I loved trying to match wits with you. It was absolutely fantastic and uh, absolutely loved it. All right. Well, where can people find you online? Where can people find your work? Where can, how can they follow you on Twitter? Yeah. So I am I I'm on Twitter at at Geek Scholars. You can go to our website geekscholars.com. We are the Geek Scholars Movie News Podcast. We come out about once a week. We sort of uh we feature news more than the reviews so if you want reviews please come to cinema fix if you want your news headlines of the weeks uh come to geek scholars and and we'd be happy to provide that so i hope we uh come check us out monica where can people find you people can connect with me on twitter at mcasti movies that's m-c-a-s-t-i movies they can also find my stuff reposted on the boston online film critics association website at bofca.com you can find some of my writing at filmgeekradio.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at writerandrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. That'll wrap it up for this episode. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Monica Castillo. And have fun this week getting high on cinema. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!